Today's show is brought to you by Fandor. Sign up online or in the app for a free one-week trial. Just $4.99 a month for your all-access pass. Playing now on Fandor's romantic comedy, New York, I Love You. Starring Natalie Portman, Ethan Hawke, Andy Garcia, and many more. That's F-A-N-D-O-R. Hey, everyone. Welcome to... Can I say this is the first one, Chris? Yeah. It's the first one. The first uh, Fandor video podcast, and we have a really special guest, world's famous chef. Can I say world famous chef, Tyler? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. The one and only Tyler Florence. Tyler, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in uh, Whitefish Lake, Montana. I'm on vacation with my family. We're here for a week for the 4th of July. Uh, We're going to go see some friends at a rodeo tonight, so I'm very excited about that. Wow. Well, we're here today to talk about the new Anthony Bourdain movie, uh, Roadrunner. Now, we all got a special uh, link to see it early. And um, first of all, before we get to you, Tyler, Chris, your initial thoughts. What did you think? You know, it, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful capturing of his life and the way that he, you know, sort of lived uh, out loud in a number of different ways. And 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 also some of the challenges that he faced over time. And obviously, when you when you know that the, the ending is is depressing in some ways, um, that that you you have to figure out how you get there through the story. And they did a brilliant job of weaving through um, a bunch of other artists that he worked with. Um, uh, you know, just commenting on his life, and I, I just really deeply, deeply enjoyed the movie. Bryn, we know you love to eat. Uh, oh, you know it. <laughs> did the did the movie make you hungry? Yeah, it did. But <laughs> the overall takeaway was, man, that was it was heart, it was a lot of heart in it, and it was also really sad. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, here we are with Tyler, and Tyler, I guess uh, my first question is: first of all, you knew Anthony. Did yeah. this film sort of capture the person you knew? Uh, it captured 100% of not only the myth, but the man and the legend and the day-to-day life of who I think was not just a, a chef here in America. And a lot of people know Anthony Bourdain as a chef uh, or his persona as a chef. He was literally one of the one of the you know great American writers of our time. I mean, he was in the Valhalla of of the, the Hemingways of the world. And just a really prolific, amazing storyteller. And he just had a very specific focus and a lens, and that was through food. And through that, he really got a chance to tell the stories of the the people that are often on the forgotten side of the world, the people who struggle, the people who work hard, their families, their culture, and talk about, you know, just real life situations. And, and that was kind of hard to watch. That was kind of hard to watch. I mean, we could sit here and hopefully we're going to talk about this the whole time because it was just such an amazing film. First of all, thank you for sending that link. It was just it was an absolute epic weekend. I watched it three times. Oh, you did? Uh, Yeah. And I I would just really recommend because the movie is going to come out in a couple of weeks. I would really recommend everybody watching this. It was just a spectacular story that started from the very beginning because I I think a lot lot, of people aren't really sure how Tony kind of came up in the culinary world and what he was doing and had some real, you know, very credible credentials. I mean, the guy was um, uh, an amazing chef in his own right. But then that crossover thing, I thought was really kind of interesting when it happened and just to kind of reintroduce his name back out there. So a lot of ways, like my 25 year old, I'm a 25 year old son. He doesn't really know who Anthony Bourdain is. So sort of kind of missed that millennial mark. So I think in a way, it's a good time to sort of just reintroduce him, you know, and and uh, and to be able to kind of tell a story again. Let me uh, let, let's jump to a kind of a fun part of the film. There's a, a moment where uh, Anthony uh, eats the beating heart of a cobra. 
<laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, uh, I sure do. And and I, and I got to tell you, that was that one moment, right? When everybody has sort of the tipping moment in television where they become instant famous. And that was the moment that happened for him. When, when Tony Bourdain ate the beating heart of a live cobra on television, it, it, it set the standard on what extreme, you know, cooking could look and feel like so what like nobody who would ever ever think about doing that what what's the craziest thing you've eaten well i've eaten a lot of weird stuff i mean I've, 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 all look, right anything that well anything that walks on four legs I've, I've i've consumed it uh at some at some point in time um like a so, do- I mean, have that, you that, have you consumed a dog I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I was in Korea. I, 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 here's, I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I've, I've, had, I've had some weird shit. I don't know, like, so we were, we were in Costa Rica uh, one time, and we went uh, on this, um, this mission with you know, the sugar company. You had a big plantation on there, and they were reintroducing organic sugar into America, and they want to bring some chefs down and you know, kind of experience it, shoot some stories, mainly for social. So I thought, you know, I'd never been to Costa Rica before. It sounded like a fun time. So we got down there. And uh, uh, we were there for 10 days and, you know, we sort of soaked up the experience of the sugar plantation in about four hours. So I'm like, okay, now another nine days down here, what are we going to do? It was really, really hot. It was 100% humidity. It's Central America. And then one day they took us to this like this uh, um, uh, regional restaurant that's, you know, that's uh, highly acclaimed and everybody had talked about it. And they said, you got to have this pig, right? This like local indigenous pig that everybody is just kind of crazy about you got to go get this pig right and i'm like i'm down i'll eat i'll eat anything and, and I, I took my assistant down there with me and 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 she she hated my guts after this trip and i'm about to tell you why and and so so we get down there and we get to this restaurant and uh and so you know the the our host said you know we'll, we'll take you know three of the house with you know five of the house specials everybody gets the sort of sample this pig and then it, it turns out it wasn't a pig it was a gigantic like rodent wow oh. it was a gig it was like this gigantic sort of central american rodent and 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 you know and as a guy who has like a familiar palate to what duck tastes like and what goat tastes like and what of course what pigs tastes like this was an animal i had never experienced before and 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 i was kind of okay with it although my assistant not so much. um spent some <laughs> spent some time in the bathroom just sort of getting the demons out and, and um so could, hold on wait wait what rodent does this food that you ate look like i gotta let me let me see if i can pull it up oh, wow. i'm blanking on the name right now but right. um yeah so there, there, were, there was that and then um uh and then um masahari morimoto uh iron chef from uh food network mm-hmm. um he's a really good friend of mine so we opened up his restaurant in philadelphia the first morimoto's and if you guys love sushi it's yeah, he just wanted to great um we were there one time and this was maybe a month or two after he just opened his brand new first restaurant after he left nobu in new york and um uh, he walked around the, the restaurant saying hi to people i was there with a couple other chefs and uh, it was, you know, was any, anything else, you know, we had just like demolished most of the menu. And he was like, anything else you guys want to try? I'm like, you know, what you got? And he goes, huh, okay. So he goes back uh, into uh, the kitchen and then, and then maybe 10 or 15 minutes, the, there's two pots that come out. And one is this like really beautiful Japanese uh, crock, right? With a lid, and, you know, hand painted ceramic, really, really pretty piece. And it just has rice, and and the rice smelled beautiful. It was made with dashi and tasted fantastic. And there was this other small pot that had a handle on it and the lid. And as soon as you lifted it up, the server kind of put a spoon to it, and it was just gelatinous 
and really thick and kind of spongy, the spongy ter- uh, 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 the texture. And uh, and the, the, the server said, okay, you have to put the spongy texture, something, whatever it was, on top of the rice. You eat it. And when I asked him what it was, he said it was cod sperm. Oh, wow. I feel like we should what have ended doing? with Tyler because now I'm about to what go to Bryn and Chris and say, what's your craziest <laughs> thing? What do you, what do you do with that? You swallow it. That's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, but you swallow it. That's what you but, uh, but, but we, we've, you know, I, I've had a lot of really weird, uh, dining experiences with him. I, I had dinner with him in New York one time and, uh, he, he brought up these, um, as a uh, amuse amuse like the small little kind of tasting mm-hmm. course at, at the beginning of a you know a multi course degustation m- menu, and it was two little shot glasses, and one was red and one was clear, and uh, and he said it was a it was a turtle bull shot, and so they had fresh turtles in, and then they they had they had gutted the turtles, and then drained the turtle blood into a pot, and then cured the blood with vodka, Russian vodka. Oh. so that so that was in one shot. It was like turtle blood and vodka. Okay, and then the other one was a dashi made out of the shells. Okay, so I've wow. eaten right. a lot of weird shit. I think I, 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 of, I got nothing. I've eaten a lot of weird shit. That. I feel like we've just grossed everyone out. Uh, I got nothing. Short. You, you have nothing. I, I got nothing. All right, Brent. Something short and sweet, yeah. not as long as time. Well, Tyler, you know I'm Vietnamese, so there's a bunch yeah. of stuff in my culture that that we eat that is a delicacy, like duck blood. They'll they'll drain the blood and it gets coagulated, and they have yeah. a bunch of. Have you tried that before? I've had rabbit blood. I've had duck blood, sure. Oh, okay, and then <laughs> and then I have I've had a rat before. It's like okay. field field mice, I think it was. Anyway, yeah. so the Rocky Mountain oysters is as bizarre as I've. Been, so, <laughs> I've been you know, I've been yeah. I've been a rat. I've been a rat. Before. Okay, oh, but geez. nothing close to sperm though. Yeah, yeah. yeah you definitely. I haven't had the sperm. You don't, yeah, brother, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, <laughs> don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> all right, Tyler. Let's. let's it was go. it was it was pure shock value, but he had a good time, and it was, it's, it's culturally specific. And you know, I just don't know who does that. Really, who, who's the who's the guy who who gets that out? That was my thing. I just couldn't figure out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the process? Yeah. About yeah. That? Well, this is <laughs> something I mean, that like, Anthony Bourdain know, probably would have traded on, right? Get yeah. milk from a cow. Yeah. But how do you get cot- sperm from a cot? I just don't know. Like, one guy, like a little, I don't know. Is this, yeah, the same <laughs> motions as milk in a cow, right? Kind of. <laughs> it's little. It's little, bro. It's little. <laughs> if you're only, Tiny. if you're only listening to this podcast, go to the video and look at Tyler's hands as he describes. <laughs> it's li- itty bitty. <laughs> um, Tyler, let's talk about a scene in the film uh, by the way we're talking about anthony bourdain's new film called roadrunner let's talk about a scene in the film that takes place in lebanon where anthony bourdain is sitting by a pool watching israel bomb the hell out of beirut anthony said something profound he said at that moment i realized the dinner table is not the great leveler ultimately all of us are crushed under the same terrible wheel mm. now We've known each other for a few years now. You've helped some of the poorest people in the poorest communities in the world. Can you talk about that experience? And do you agree with what Anthony just said? Um, Yeah, that was another really big moment where his show gained enormous amount of international traffic and and international influence. Um, When Tony Bourdain was... Uh, you know, turned into a war correspondent. 
during that conflict with Lebanon, it, it, it captured the world's attention. And and uh, when and what he was shooting for the Travel Channel at the time, the reservations, um, that was just sort of unheard of. And it's, it sounded incredibly dangerous. And there's lots of machismo that kind of comes along with that kind of stuff, especially on his end. But he just rocked it like nobody else and told real authentic story. And I thought that scared him, right? Because I, I, I think it, that was the first time he realized that um, uh, this is not what he signed up for, or there was a bigger picture or a bigger story to tell along the way. And, and I totally agree with that. You know, uh, it's, it feels cliche-ish to say that food is a great equalizer that kind of brings us all together, but it's true. Um, we, we've helped, um, you know, through lots of disasters, uh, along with World Central Kitchen and, uh, our beloved partner with, uh, Jose Andreas's, uh, amazing, uh, NGO. Um, that that we get a chance to go and 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 really help fire victims up in Northern California, and it's about to happen again. There's a fire in Butte County right now, where uh, almost 10,000 people have been evacuated, uh, and those people have to find some place to go live and eat a good meal. You know, three days, three three times a day. So we're in pre-planning on, on how we're going to deal with that kind of situation. So dealing with the human aspect of food, and then most importantly, not having it. Uh, those become real issues that I, I think we should all be talking about. And when there's like cultural differences that kind of separate you, like that particular scene in the movie, I thought was really interesting. Not just him by the pool watching Israel bomb Lebanon, but what, but the 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 feedback loop that CNN was broadcasting at the time, saying that these are all insurrectionists versus people that lived in a community who just didn't want to get bombed in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, you know, one man's, um, you know, one man's patriot is another man's freedom fighter. And I think depending on the situation, how these things are laid out, um, it could be spun in a way, uh, especially to like Western audiences where these, everybody's a bad guy. And that's just not the case. So he really just wanted to go deep and go by, by behind, you know, what would be called enemy lines to really tell an authentic human story uh, about what, the, you know, their plight and what they were going through from the Palestinians to, you know, post uh, uh, Vietnam era, uh, Vietnam and, and South America and, uh, and all these like really hard you know, hid, hidden places around the world where um, food and money and, and political leadership is hard to come by. And so I thought that was a very pivotal moment in his career. And I'm really glad that they did uh, an amazing job capturing that. Well, let's, oh, did you want to say something, Chris? I mean, one, one of the things that struck me about the movie, it, 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 I mean, it captured those moments. And then it also captured these very personal moments between him and these other creators, especially Josh Hom from, um, from uh, Queens of the Stone Age and David Cho, the, the graffiti artist um, who, mm -hmm. who I, I, I have had some experience with because he did the early Facebook offices and uh, you know, that the interaction between them and their experiences of the world was, I thought extraordinarily well captured in the movie too. Um, it was just one of those, the, the, the capper of these very human moments and these very human interactions was, is, is where this movie just ex excels. Tony had some really great friends. Yeah. Tony had, and Tony was a little bit older than me. He was going to turn 65 this year. So I was turned 50. So he's a little bit older than me. So I, I knew Tony socially. I would see him a handful of times a year at events. The last time I saw him was on the floor Wait. Uh, for a UFC fight. Hold on. We're going to save UFC that. Fight, We're right? going to save this story for part two. So <laughs> right, sure. there you go. I'll here's the thing. This is our, this is our first one. And, yeah. um, we're trying to keep these to about 15 minutes. Okay. So okay. this movie has a light side. Anthony Bourdain's new film, uh, Roadrunner, has a, and it has a very dark side. So this is kind of the light, fun version of the film. 
And uh, part two, we're going to talk about uh, Anthony Bourdain and the kind of the downward spiral. And that's where we want to hear about how you knew him, how he treated you. And then uh, I'm just going to prepare you for one of the questions, Tyler. Where's your ki- where's your kitchen confidential? Huh? <laughs> well, I, no I, I, I think, you know, and, 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 and a little, uh, here's the, I'm happy to talk about all that stuff. But I got to tell you to sort of kind of wrap up the the light side of this. I mean, he he was a force of nature in, in so many really positive ways, specifically coming from the food and beverage industry. And as a chef, you know, who who just loves culture and loves travel, nobody did it better than him. And and for him to go represent us as as a, a, a force as a group uh, around the world and to kind of tell the story of what it's like to work in restaurants it, it was it, everyone really really appreciated it because he, he spoke the truth uh, and sometimes the truth hurt uh, but he spoke the truth and uh, and he was a force to be reckoned with and, and I, I was happy to know him on what level I knew him I was happy to know him for what it was all right everyone uh, this is the Fandor video podcast thank you for tuning in to part one of the Anthony Bourdain movie Roadrunner Chris how do we do? I think we've I think we've done great to get All part right. one launched and uh, yeah. you know, part part two coming up the cliffhanger. All right, uh, we'll <laughs> we'll be right we'll be right back or tune into part two next. Thanks for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Fandor. Sign up online or in the app for a free one week trial. Playing now on Fandor is a romantic comedy, New York I Love You, starring Natalie Portman, Ethan Hawke, Andy Garcia, and many more. That's Fandor. F-A-N-D-O-R.